Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2017. This is Drew talking about Step 12. Hi everybody, my name is Drew and I'm an alcoholic. Lovely to see a lot of alcoholics here today, that's really good. Just going to read one thing and that's it, it's only a little passage but um, my memory's not very good so I, I can't memorise things so I do need this. And, and talking about step 12, you know, and, and it, uh, I'd love to know how many people in here have read this uh, working with others, you know, and when was the last time you read this, you know. I thought I'll read it again. I have read it many times. I, I can tell by the, all the highlighting in my book that I have read it and I've shared it with others. And when I read it again, I go, wow, I've got a lot more work to do. <laughs> There's a lot more I just learned. You know, this book tells me clearly everything that I need to know. And yet in my own mind, I think I've got it, but when I go back and read it, I go, wow, they, they just, they sat in one word. <laughs> or one little verse where I can talk for hours of the same old shit. <laughs> it, says, it says your job now is to be at peace, or at, uh, be at the place where you may be of maximum helpfulness to others. So never hesitate to go anywhere if you can be helpful. You should not hesitate to visit the most sordid spot on earth on such an errand. Keep on the firing line of life and these motives and God will, will keep you unharmed. Isn't that good to know? You know? I, I, I truly love that uh, one little bit. You know, I read the whole thing and out of that I just said, wow, that's so good. You know, I, um, I love uh, the 12 step and I love the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and, and I love what the program has done for me. I'll share a little bit why I love it so much and the, and the reason I'm so passionate about the working with others was, um, you know, I remember uh, um, alcohol showed me at the beginning what it was going to do to me in the end, it made me sick. And I went back the next day to have another drink because it made me well. And 25 years later, I'm still doing the same thing. And anything from the age of 18 uh, to 23, I don't remember to this day. I lost all my teenage years from, um, from alcoholism. Uh, blackout drinking and every night of the week and you know I learned uh, when I hit my first lamppost the first um, <laughs> that you know I went to the pub the next day I, I didn't seek help alcoholism or had a good grip of me on then and after that I hit three trees uh, I hit a um, another car and I put a mate my best mate through the windscreen of my car and I nearly died in that incident so I lost my license uh, twice for drink driving and, and then I nearly had a train one night I thought it was house lights you know, so this was just the start of my alcoholism and I had a lot longer to go anyway um, I ended up getting married and by the time I was um, 30 I was a cask of Mosella day and, and I got really sick I lost all the feeling in my body it's like when the dentist gives you an injection you can't feel your, your lips my whole body was like that and another 10 years later I stopped drinking wine because I was drinking too much wine but another 10 years later um, I'm drinking pure ethanol and I'm a slab of beer a day. Uh, I couldn't remember my wife's name or my kids' names at the end of my alcoholism and I desperately needed help. I had the phone number for Alcoholics Anonymous in my drawer for over 10 years but I never rang it. So I knew I needed help and it was in my drawer but I never rang that number. You know why I never rang it? Because I kept picking up a drink and I didn't know the solution. I didn't know anything about Alcoholics Anonymous. In my last year of drinking, my three best mates hung themselves in my last year of drinking and even to this day, I wish they had a fan, Alcoholics Anonymous, because they were really nice guys. <laughs> they were just wonderful guys. But underneath that alcoholism was, 
was just three sick people, do you know what I mean? So I, I, I believe I'm really lucky to have found this fellowship. Um, how do I believe that sometimes? You know, I go, wow. You know, I, I was really sick when I come to Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, a lot of people wouldn't come near me, I think. I think they, they didn't think I was going to make it, actually. My doctor prescribed me 30 Valium a day to detox me, to get me off the ethanol, and, and um, I had peripheral neuritis. Um, my legs didn't know which one to go after the other. So I was really sick, and a lot of people kept, oh, kept away from me. I think they didn't want to come near me. But you know who came near me? The sickest of the sickest, I tell you what. These, these alcoholics, these chronic alcoholics, the ones that were... I remember um, Shearer Jack, he was one of my best mates when I first came in, you know. He couldn't stop... They wondered why he could, kept getting drunk in the hospital. They hid the ethanol, the health, hid everything. And he's drinking the hand cleaner in the toilet. You know, that's really sad, isn't it? You know, Brian, the airport there, um, in, in the bar. And um, this lady walks up to him and says, Go, Brian, how are you going? And he says, Good. And she says, You don't remember me, do you? And he goes, The face looks familiar. She said, you should remember me, Brian. I was married to you for 25 years. <laughs> you know? Well, did I find the nicest bunch to look after me, you know? And then my own sponsor was at my first meeting. I was looking in a rubbish bin for a cup to get something to drink at my first meeting. And he walked up to me and said, what are you doing? I said, I need a drink. He says, I'll buy you a drink. And that was the first person I met at the day I decided. There was over 300 people in the meeting in Geelong when I decided to stop drinking. And they gave me this big book. See how one little thing can plant something in a person's mind? And they give me that and I keep it today. Uh, as, a, as It's part of my life now, you know. And um, my sponsor to be Tommy, you know, he, he was a wonderful guy and, and uh, he realised at the end of his drinking that, you know, when he came to meetings he didn't get drunk. And when he stayed away he got drunk. And he goes, how simple is that, Drew, isn't it? How simple a message is that? If I keep coming to meetings I don't get drunk. He was in a rehab for three years and a day he got 80 drank. You know, so powers of example is, is what it's all about. You know, I, I even say now I'd rather see a sermon than hear one. So we need to constantly uh, just put ourselves on the line and keep on going. You know, uh, from the day I got in there, uh, they made me join a group. Brian um, said to me, you know, I was nine hours sober my first day when I come to that meeting. I was nine hours sober. And, and uh, I remember I walked down and they said... Uh, you know, is there anyone under a month? And I stood up, and they made me stand up, and I'm trying to count how many hours. I was sober, nine and a half hours. And, and they made me walk down the front. I had so much trouble get down there. Uh, it wasn't well at all. But, um, you know, I, I looked at these people in the crowd, and they were all crying. You know, and I go, wow, why, why are they all crying? And I thought I was pretty special. But then I realised, you know, after so many months coming to Alcoholics Anonymous, I wasn't special at all. I was just another alcoholic. And I was lucky to get through the doors. And I go, wow, this, this is something special, you know. But the 12-step part of the program was that they, they, they made me a part of a group. Brian says, you're going to join this group? And I go, am I? And he goes, yes. <laughs> and we, I sat at the group conscience that night and he says, we need a new literature boy, I nominate Drew. And everyone said, I nominate Drew, I nominate Drew. And, and then I looked at him and I said, what's literature? And he goes, I'll show you later. And that was literature boy. I was excited. <laughs> then they made me a door reader because they knew I wouldn't remember anyone who came last week. <laughs> It was like a whole new experience for me every week. <laughs> they go, you don't remember me, Drew? But they would be driving past going, you know, it's, um, it's not Tuesday night meeting, Drew, it's Monday. I'd be at the wrong meetings and I'd be sitting at the wrong place. <laughs> and I used to watch my son Visor going up for nearly a year trying to remember the serenity prayer. God, grant me that. You know. 
So what I wanted to message and these guys said, took me in line and they showed me what it was like to do 12-step work. They, 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 they took me through my steps at nine months, 18 months, three and a half years. Four and a half years I was booking myself in a mental institution because it took me a long time to get well. I was four and a half years sober and I got to feel my body again. That was the most wonderful thing, you know, when, I, when you shower you can't feel nothing. And I got the feeling back in my body because I was getting better. It was a time, it was a progress thing, you know. Uh, and, I, and a lot of you can relate to this. I, I was never able to sleep. Uh, when I stopped drinking, I was wide awake, and, and at the end of nine months, I was going to commit suicide myself, you know. I just couldn't do it, you know. And this one guy who was, Bobby, you might remember Bobby Conchalong, and he put his arms around me, and I said, I'm leaving, Bobby. And he put his arms around me, he said, don't go. You know, he says, I don't know when it's going to get better, but I promise you it will. And I didn't leave. He's sort of crying. He's, isn't that lovely? You know? So these, these are the most emotional and wonderful spiritual things. You know, the spiritual things that is that a, a grown man can do that for me. You know? And I thought, well, isn't that wonderful? So then I started going to the jails and I went to the Borrowan Prison and Morganite Prison for four and a half years. Every Monday and every Wednesday I'd be there without fail. Never missed one unless they locked us out, you know. And I used to love going to that jail. And I'd go to a meeting in the jail and I'd say to my sponsor, Tom, I said, wasn't that a great meeting? And he always, he goes, you always say that. Every week you come here and I go, but you see that guy's face. <laughs> so I was excited. Now, it was wonderful to be able to share, you know. And, and I remember um, I went to the jail once and um, my sponsor told me it took six, so I just continued going by myself. And I went to the jail and uh, the two guards there and this guy set up the room at Borrowan Prison there and... Um, the two guards at the front there, I waved them and said, right, you can give the announcement. They give the announcement and they said, you know, uh, AA meeting in, uh, in Waratah, AA meeting in Waratah. And they said, come on, you guys, you all know you should be here. That went right through the whole jail. <laughs> and I thought, wow, we're either going to get a big crowd or no one. Anyway, this, this gang came in, you know, and, and no one came to the meeting that night. You know, we're always having, a, you know, eight or nine guys every week and it was really good, you know. And this gang came in and they never sat on the chairs. They all sat on top of the chairs. I'm telling this story for a reason. And um, the guy that was, who set up the room just looked straight forward. He's never seen anyone so frightened in my life, you know. And these guys said to me, he goes, well, what are you doing here? And I said, we're having an AA meeting. And one of them said, how much do you get paid for that, mate? And I said, nothing. I'm just really giving back what was really given to me. And one of them said, how do you know you're an alcoholic, mate? And I said... Maybe you could answer that for me. You know, son, every time I used to go to that jail and I used to tell my sponsors, I always used to say, God, put the words in my mouth you'd have me to say and if you want me to be quiet, help me to be quiet so I could, you know, not talk all the time but listen. And, uh, you know, and I said, maybe you could tell that for me and I told them my story, just what I told you and, and I said how these people in AA, I remember when I come to meetings, they used to carry me up the stairs to the meeting uh, because I couldn't walk and, and I told them how they used to feed me because I couldn't eat. I was living on bananas. And then I told them how they, you know, were helping me at the meetings and doing this and how my life had changed and, and how I was getting well and how excited I was. And I remember, you know, before this, the guy said to me, he goes, um, he says, I'm a junkie, mate. I love putting needles in my arm. And I said, that's good. And he said, and he's a junkie, he's a junkie, and he's a junkie. The only reason we're here because this guy here thinks he's an alcoholic. I forgot to tell you that. And at the end, of, after I told my, my story, I looked at this guy who was sitting right in front of my face. They never interrupted me once. Isn't that funny? These guys, full of ego and bravado. And they never interrupted me once. And I looked at this guy and I said, am I an alcoholic? And he said to me, how long have you been sober now? And I said, I'll be, I'll be four years and another three months. And he just, 
what a ch- he just says, oh, let's start all over. He said, let's start all over again. He goes, congratulations. He says, well done. Every one of them come and shook my hand. And you know what the best part of that meeting was? The guy who thought he was an alcoholic came up to me after the meeting and says, uh, can I come to your meeting next week? So I didn't know he was an alcoholic. So God will provide. The message was there, you just... You know, faith isn't faith until it's all you're hang, hanging on to. And, and it says that on, in uh, working with others, it's all in faith, you know, but we can't rely on faith alone. You know, it, we've got to work for it, you know. You know, who do, why do we help the sick alkies? You know, I've got a lot of my sponsors, my sponsees that I work with. I love, I love helping people through the steps just like they help me. And, and I see these guys and I see them working um, with rehabs. We all go to rehab still. We have the rehab comes to our meeting every week and it's very important for us to give them the right message to, to help them along and, and we love that. We love it when someone, I met someone from the rehab here today, I was just so excited, you know, and, and he's a couple of years sober, isn't that fantastic? You know, how lucky are we to get that chance and we can easily blow it. You know, we can easily blow it by the wrong message and not giving any message or not doing, not, not stepping up at front and being there for them, you know. It, it's important, you know, we can't step back. We've got to be there for him. I remember the, I had a phone call one night, you know, and, and it was Geelong Hospital saying to me, you know, Drew, can you come to this host, hospital? We've got this guy, his name's David here, and, and he, he wants to know if you could come and see him. And I said, why is that? And uh, he says, you, you're the only one he loves. Isn't that a nice message, you know? And I said, what's he done? And he says, I just put a petrol baser down his throat and just put four litres of petrol down his throat. He was trying to commit suicide and... I remember going to the hospital and I, I walked in there and um, I looked at him and there was all these doctors and nurses around him trying to keep him alive because if he had a thrown up he would have burned his lungs out and died, you know. And I looked at him and I says, you drank unleaded, didn't you? <laughs> and I said, super, mate, super. Nothing's too good for us alcoholics. <laughs> Don't you ever forget that. And all these doctors and nurses go, where did this guy come from? <laughs> And then they sent him home with me. And I, I even threatened him, if you light a match, I'll kill you. <laughs> so I don't know where the words come from, but I do believe I've been blessed. I've been blessed in carrying the message, and I'll always do that for the rest of my life because I'm so grateful. I used to always say at the end, even from my first meeting, I remember saying I'm not God's gift to AA. AA is God's gift to me, and for that I'm truly grateful, you know. I've never realised how, how lucky I am to have such a wonderful chance at life again. I'm 18 years sober now, you know, and I love every, every, every minute of my life. My 12-step program and the spiritual part of the Mogan and practice these principles and all our affairs has spread to my wife, to my two daughters I never got to speak to for seven years. You know, I lost my marriage, I lost everything when I came to alcoholics, so I had to regrow. You know, some of us don't realise what gift we have you know, I remember going to a meeting once and, and I said to my sponsor, I said, if I go to that meeting again, I'm going to drink their nuts. <laughs> you met a few of those meetings? Yeah. I said, there's only four of us there last night and I never even got the share. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible, isn't it, hey? You can imagine. And I said, listen, if I go there again, I'm going to drink. And my sponsor, Tommy, said, you know something, Drew, I want you to keep going to that meeting. And I said, Why? Why do you want me to keep going to that meeting? He says, you not, may not be getting anything from them, but I guarantee they're getting something from you. And I said, what, who, me? And he goes, yeah, you. He said, I've never seen anyone want this program more than you. So I never knew that I had that uh, little thing until my sponsor pointed that out. And, and, and since I've been given this gift of um, listening and, and giving, uh, I've been able to pick up on a lot of these things and help my own sponsees to have that little bit of a, 
get out in a moment, you know, and, and to practice these principles in all their affairs, you know, it's the 12 steps is all the way up to step 12, you know. I find a lot of my sponsors uh, forget about um, the service work, but it's very important uh, to work the principles. You know, my wife uh, especially um, loves me to pieces. You know, what a lovely thing. I love my wife inside and out. You know, she's got a beautiful soul. I'm, I'm so lucky. You know, my wife said she'd never ever marry another alcoholic. Her, her ex used to beat the crap out of her and used to pour petrol on her and stand over her lip matches and, and she would never marry another alcoholic and then she met me, you know. I'm very lucky. <laughs> but what a life we have today, and that's due to this program, you know, the 12-step program. We were talking before about getting buses and, and service work, and, and every month at Belmont Unity in Geelong we have uh, the rehab come there. We're very lucky. We've got three re- rehabs come to our meeting every week, and uh, we have a chance to help others, you know, and uh, to, to step up and, and do what we can to help others. So don't, don't be afraid is what I'm saying is you, you need to put your hand up. You know, it's a, the saddest thing in Alcoholics Anonymous is to see a newcomer come in the room and you don't do anything for them. And you leave it to someone else. My phone rings, 12-step call. I used to do a lot of 12-step calls and, um, you know, they'd say, uh, there's someone in Cryo, Drew, can you go and do it? Because they always used to say yes. And my sponsor grabbed the phone and goes, who lives in Cryo? We'll get someone from Cryo and hung up because it's not just me. I'm not AA. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, what I found in Alcoholics Anonymous, it's all of us is AA, not just me. You know, we can lead by example and, and uh, as I say, not, you know, see a sermon, you can hear one, you've got to do it, you know, but you've got to step back and let newcomers in. They're never going to learn unless you help them, you know, and, and, I, and I love that about the, the whole program now, you know, it's, uh, oh, what a gift. What a wonderful thing God's given to me and, and, and I truly believe in God that um, he, he, help, he helps in every way. You know, even here today, what a wonderful thing that I got to ask. I'm so, I was so excited, so excited, you know. <laughs> Isn't that a good thing? It's not a chore. It, it, it's a pleasure. So thank you very much for asking me to share. Information about the annual Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.com aagroup.org.au Thanks for letting us share.